welcome to the Continue Podcast, everybody. So, I need, I need, I, okay. People no, don't keep, know, Susan, people I, don't okay, know. Okay, keep going, keep going. Yeah, well, welcome, welcome to the show, everybody. This is uh, the Continue Podcast, uh, episode 61, correct? Two? No, two. 62. Come on, man. 62. We're starting this year right, everybody. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're starting it on brand. We are starting it yeah. on brand. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to a show that is ostensibly about video games, but is not necessarily about video games. My name is Anthony John Agnello, and with me are two young guns, fresh-faced and ready for the, the next 12 months of reality. It's going to be great. Got, yeah, it's going to be great. That that person who's steeled uh, and ready is none other than Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Hi. Are you guys watching Games Done Quick? That's going on this week. Is that going on this week? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's 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 nice. It's fun. It's like oh look, like maybe like video gaming isn't like a cesspool. Um, it's like like a, a nice reminder that there there's some good out there in the old gaming community. I think this charity is for cancer. They go back and forth. It's like the awesome games done quick is cancer, and the summer games done quick is Doctors Without Borders. Yes. Oh wow. But, yeah. But yeah, they're doing some good stuff. I saw Did you see something good. Uh, yeah. I've been watching. Uh, so the Metroid Zero Mission run is like forty minutes, and and just like the the kind of stuff they're pulling off is is uh, like you look at it and you go like oh I could do that, and you're like oh wait no I die oh. at this point every time. <laughs> uh, but they make it look so easy. Uh, and then there was a Ratchet and Clank um, uh, Tools of Destruction. And is that, that's is the that PS3, PS3 one. That's PS3. Yeah, and like he's doing this move where he does like a jump and then flips his like electric whip out, and then because of the animation, he jumps again and again and again. And you're just like, oh, he just skips this entire level, and then boom, off to the next planet. Speedrunning is a very weird thing. I love it though. I, I I I should love it. By rights, I should love it. I should be fascinated by it. And every single time I encounter anything involving speedrunning, I'm like, neat! And then I immediately just, like, pour a cup of tea and take a nap. <laughs> I, just, I would never do it myself, but I, I admire the craft of it, and I think it's really cool to see, like, you get a little peek behind the curtain sure. in some ways. Because it's like, oh, like, you know, this this level... Like, like all games are built like a house of cards. Mm-hmm, and just, mm-hmm. like, seeing the the gears behind the scenes like oh like i don't know i find it fascinating that there's like a whole group of people dedicated to just breaking br- breaking things. the shit out of this stuff yeah. it's great i accidentally found out recently that i'm uh within about 12 minutes of the world record for bonk's adventure i i can play bonk's adventure for the turbo graphics 16 about that fast uh you got any strats and- I, well, I didn't know they were hot strats. It's just how I've been playing the game for 30 years. <laughs> but you turn on the turbo button on the turbo graphics controller, which it makes Bonk flip, and you just never hit the ground. You just stay in the air the entire time. <laughs> and you hit other enemies, and then you bounce up. Yeah. It's just the way, just the way I've been playing it since I was seven years See, you, old. See, you've got, you've got the, the speedrunning music in you all along. Yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's like the last dragon. I've got the glow, but in the shittiest way. Uh... We also have none other than Susan Arndt on the show. 
So a coworker of mine today, uh, this week, mm-hmm. told me my laugh is like Krusty the Clown. So full disclosure, since Disney Plus started and they added the entirety of the Simpsons, all thirty Simpsons, widescreen uh, crop though. Since seasons are there, Garbage. they're cropped. Yeah, but. I've fallen back, like I've had a full-on relapse after like not really watching Simpsons for years. I've mm-hmm. watched five seasons of it since okay. November. Uh, and I could say, because I've watched five seasons recently, your laugh sounds not even remotely similar to Krusty okay. the okay. <laughs> See, I, You're I, wondering I, where he was going with that. I'm like, well, like I wasn't I've sure. Been, I've been doing the studying, Susan. I've been doing the deep read, <laughs> and I can tell you... Beyond a shadow of a doubt that you sound not like there are other characters who like I could imagine if I like, you know, put vocal effects on your laugh, you could get a little close to. Mm-hmm. But I no. OK. Not, no. See, I didn't think so. And he's like, oh, gosh, if I bend you do. I'm like, no. It's just I'm weird. Just I'm just confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, I'm more of a sideshow Bob person anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that's you know, that's anyway. really it's not like you you haven't offended me, but perhaps consider seeing an audiologist. Because <laughs> what's going on here is not necessarily working. I uh, yeah. Like, anyway, yeah. yeah also, <laughs> like, yeah. See, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, maybe the, maybe my ca- uh, the cadence is similar. I don't know. Yeah. I also I want to uh, since you picked that particular slow jam. There was a a a. a, a um, see, people have not often seen Anthony and myself together in the same physical space. Mm-hmm. And when I'm traveling for work, I tend <laughs> to be kind of adult and mm-hmm. you know responsible and yeah. And then and then I and then okay, so then like Anthony and I were on a panel together or something like that, and we hadn't seen each other in uh, at least a year couple, couple, yeah like, more like probably not two, a, yeah probably several years actually and he's already on the stage and i walk in the door and i just start singing that at the top of my lungs and then he picks it up and everybody else who's there is looking at us like what what is happening i mm-hmm. are they having a stroke i don't don't worry about no, it yeah don't worry about it it's fine you're witnessing no, yeah. friendship and action so. exactly it's the, it's the way the world works exactly I, yeah I definitely sang "She's Your Queen" to be at my brother's wedding in, nice. in 2010. I told I told him that I was going to go whole hog, and so I sang "She's Your Queen" to be, and I dressed like Otho from Beetlejuice, black suit, black shirt, red tie, baby. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Like a boss. Oh, like wait a, boss. a minute. Is that because you had this picture as your avatar for a really long time, and I feel like that's the outfit you were wearing. Uh-huh. Probably. It's, it's, it's like you hefting hefting a cocktail. Oh, no, no. Diff- different weddings. Say, it's like a couple of years later. I was in Chicago for that picture. Oh, okay, all right. Where I'm wearing a gray suit and I'm like sipping oh. some drink that looks like it's out of an episode of Magnum P.I. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got like this noticeably gold earring in. That's right, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how to take my earring out. It's it's been in there for twenty years. No, I know, I know. It's probably grown over it at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I it's it's there. I can move it. It's movable. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody, welcome, welcome to the 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 first po- continue podcast episode of twenty twenty, and we wanted to do something uh, 
therapeutic this time. <laughs> we wanted to, we wanted to get it all out of our system. Yeah. So today's episode, everybody, is called the airing of grievances. Yeah, we didn't get it in time for the for Festivus, but it's not in time for Festivus, unfortunately. Better late than never. It's in the spirit. There, will, there, there are no feats of strength. <laughs> it's just the airing of grievances. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about some things that make us a little angry. Uh, before we get into the meat of it, because I feel like we have two subjects that are going to devour our time in the show, <laughs> I wanted to start with a little bit of a missive for anybody listening. And I encourage you, if you are one of our Patreon backers, if you are one of the people that regularly listens to this show and doesn't back us, give this episode to a friend, somebody you know that watches television, that watches films, that reads books or comics or plays video games or is an avid listener of music in all of its many forms. Give it to them, especially if they're the type of person that ever reads or speaks about these things on the internet. Because what I have to say to you and them is important. Shut the fuck up. Shut shut your fucking mouth, you fucking sentence. (laughs) Guess what? You don't need a take. Nobody cares! Nobody cares! Even your dearest friends don't give a shit what your take is. It doesn't matter. Now, they have to hear about my smaller Luke theory. Like, there's the bigger Luke theory, but I have a... (laughs) No! This, This might seem strange, coming from a man who has written about pop culture professionally for 10 years plus, and somebody who co-hosts a podcast that is primarily about pop culture. Here's the thing. The everything is either the best thing ever or it's the worst thing ever is just not true. Let the invective go. There are shades of gray. It is also okay not just to not like something or like something, but to not care. You can just say, I don't care about this that much, and it's fine. You can still talk to your friends on Discord and Twitter if you don't care about something. Maybe you watched Game of Thrones and you were like, huh, I guess now I'll eat breakfast instead of I'm going to fucking scream at somebody about it. You don't have to have an extreme opinion about everything, especially pop culture. Maybe think about it. Maybe think about the things that you like having just a few things wrong with them because it probably does. There is no such thing as perfection, and there is also no such thing in the world as absolute irredeemable trash, except maybe Attack of the Clones. Just Wow, he went there. Okay. Just <laughs> chill the fuck out. N- bef- mm. <laughs> All right, so, so what do you got, Susan? No, I was just going to say Attack of the Clones. I think that everything that happens in the no! clone factory <laughs> is actually good. Oh, they like wait, wait. When C three PO is bouncing around? No, 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 no. Like when when he goes to the planet where they're making all the clones. Oh, when he goes to the Juice Alien factory. Yeah, the Juice yeah. Alien. Yeah, yeah, and they're all like, and they're all like, Namaste, like that. Part. Yeah, they're they're Master Kenobi. Thank you for coming here. Ignore the fucking swarthy <clears throat> Australian and his weird little boy. They're fine. They just are crashing here for the weekend. He's, he's from New Zealand. Why do they live in an Apple store? Come on. <laughs> Come on. 
No, I... Yeah, you know what? You're right. I mean, even Attack of the Clones. Even Attack of the Clones. It. Let's say that your fetish is complete sexless dialogue between... There you go. S- <laughs> Yeah. An idiot in a robe and somebody talking about how they're a senator. It's the only like, game in like town. Two ex- like, like, whatever you want to say about Hayden Christensen, like, two incredibly attractive actors having mm-hmm. the most, like, sexless dialogue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in yeah. the history yeah. of cinema. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, they they're supposedly dialogue. produced children together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's, be- mm, it's, it's bad. bad. It's, it's bad. not good. It's, it's not, not good. good. No. Anyway, but, but to your point. But to 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 the point, everybody shut the fuck up. I just, just it's I a just new year. wonder. Just shut up. Just just not all the time. Sometimes you may have extreme feelings. And you might have some passion. You got to get out of your system, and that's fine. And that's good. That's a noble thing. That's probably why you're listening to this. But the rest of the time, you just don't always need to weigh in. And with all of that said, let's talk about Death Stranding at Episode Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I I just can I say something that just illustrates your point? Yes, please. All right. I fucking hate K-pop. I hate people who are obsessed with K-pop. I think like what the fuck? Like like why? Why? (laughs) It is not like why? It's because it's a it's a thing because it's a thing to be into. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Fine. But. Who the fuck cares what I think? Right. Right? Like, I don't need to have that opinion openly because if you're into it, A, you're not hurting me, that's for Mm -hmm. sure, and B, my opinion is no more valid than yours. So I just keep my fucking mouth shut Mm because who gives a shit? Who cares if I don't like it? Nobody. Who needs to care if I don't like it? Nobody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And listen, it's not – that's not also – I mean, you are you are a mature adult human being, and you know some people might say like, oh, you know, well, you've gotten to a place in your life where this is how you feel about the things that you make a part of your life, rather than somebody who's young. Bullshit. But that's bullshit. That's, no, it's bullshit. Uh, I I am the first to admit that. Uh, let, let's say up until the age of like thirty two, I was an reprehensible cock just in every way shape or form about <clears throat> everything i would tell people they were hot trash for liking uh halo 3 too much when i was a kid and i said it because it was popular uh that is the mm-hmm. the old school way of being a hot taker everybody that's that was the way you used to do it back in the day there was no twitter to excoriate people <laughs> on so you would just find out <laughs> you just yell popular. at people on the subway hey yeah you would go find people who liked popular things and told them they were shit to their face. That's it sucked. It was a bad time to be alive. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's not an age thing, everybody. It's just a it's it's just a being a reasonable human being. I just thing. I I really wish there was a way to like. I mean, you you probably could find like old articles and stuff, but like if there was a way you could find out what the discourse was like, like decades ago like were there the like 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 with the godfather with the godfather coming like were there fredo stands out there going like <laughs> he should, al pacino shouldn't have killed him it was his brother it's his brother he, he said sorry like 
I, uh, the discourse is, that's an interesting place for us to begin today's airings, Dave. Oh boy. Because as I relentlessly sent to the two of you, I did a deep dive on the discourse of 36 years ago. Uh, when the Rise of Skywalker reviews started coming out, I was like, this is weirdly familiar. And I went and dug up dozens of reviews for Return of the Jedi from 1983. And it is hilarious. You could you could just take character names out of each review and put them back in. Uh, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel are pretty much the only people on Earth that really liked Return of the Jedi <laughs> professionally. <laughs> it's they're really hard to read sometimes. Like they're you can never get get the sense of like like just like really you like you like this. Roger Ebert loves a good trash bag every now and again. Yeah, he, like, every, yeah, yeah. Four stars I mean, to Anaconda. Like, oh, never God, forget. I forget her name, but like he Anaconda is good. He no. references her um, <laughs> article about like liking good trash. Um, There's a film critic from the '70s. I forget her name, but like she loved um, uh, Brian De Palma's movies. Like a huge champion of mm. his stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, like if you don't like good trash, then there's not a whole lot of movies you'll like." Yeah, but so the 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 compl- and that is very much Ebert's take on Return of the Jedi. Everyone else says things like. You know, only one feeling dominates as you leave the theater for Return of the Jedi, and it's relief that we no longer have to hear about Star Wars. Uh, it's, you know, wow. the, sweet, okay. the sweet summer child. The, the asinine <laughs> plot twists uh, regarding family lineage uh, only slightly dull the cacophony of special effects. Look, people savaged Return of the Jedi when it came out. And not just because of tiny little bears being able to topple uh, Imperial tanks, because of the character work, because of the schmaltzy dialogue, and uh, all of the all of the things that critics took Return of the Jedi down for at the time that it came out are echoed very much in the critical response to a movie called Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Okay, before movie, we get A movie into which it, I liked. I liked it. Before we get into this, I believe, like, we are probably going to go full spoilers for, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. for sure, both yeah. this for sure. and Death Stranding. Because, like, I don't, I don't want to dance around stuff. There's so... And, like, Rise of, the, of Skywalker is 98% plot, so, like, we can't have a discussion without talking about what happens in that movie. So, if you haven't seen it yet, maybe skip this episode. Dave's is all I'm gonna spy. say. Like, I'm not Dave's even gonna put timestamps in the description. <laughs> like, we're going, we're going there. So. Full that, full, full in. Dave, are you the spy? <laughs> I, I'm oh the spy. God. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, and the reason why he was the spy, because he didn't like Kylo Ren. He didn't like it. No, he didn't no, like no, Okay, no, wait, wait. I'll give you the reason why he's the spy. Because Kylo Ren is, is he's not, he doesn't give a shit about building the Empire. He's, he's just pursuing his own personal agenda. He's not, yeah, he's not even pretending to yeah, be a military leader pretending. at this point. So, so, like, Hux is like, okay, this guy's psycho, 
got to get him out of the way so we can go back to being a nice bunch of fascists. Yeah. Like, that's so his the, deal. The nice I'm, So yeah, usually, yeah. usually uh, on this show, when it comes time to describe something very stupid, I'm the person who lays out the actual things that happen. I think this time, Dave, what happens in Rise of Skywalker? What's this movie about for the people at home? Oh, man. <laughs> it's about... It's about fucking over The Last Jedi is uh, what it is. It's about, oh, I it's, disagree. It's about... Um, Shut your fucking face. <laughs> It's it's about uh, forgetting, like it's about not questioning anything that happens in the movie and just going with it. Because that's that, true. <laughs> yeah, because like by the time you start thinking about anything that's happening in the movie, J.J. Abrams is already two scenes ahead of you, going, "No, you got to catch up. You don't think mm-hmm. catch mm-hmm. up the the dagger that we find is it's an ancient dagger, but it finds a thing that's forty years old. It. It, don't worry about it. Don't think and about why? it. And why? And why? And why? Why? Who and the why? Fuck? Who is like, who goes, you know what? You know what the best place to keep this piece of information is? I'm going to carve it into a dagger. That <laughs> makes sense. All right. I mean, I'm I, think- I, I, I want to throw this out there that I'm not defending this as good writing. I'm not. Oh, you're not defending the guy not, who wrote I, no, Batman no, I, versus I, Superman? I'm not Anthony. defending. The, I'm not defending this as good writing, but wow. the idea is this guy is a, an, an acolyte of evil wizards, right? Yeah. And so he goes and finds the emperor's juicy r- remains <laughs> uh, in the old Death Star, and the Death Star is full of old juicy dark wizard artifacts because that was in his personal study where he kept all his goods by the throne room. And then he's like, I'm probably going to need to know how to get back to that section of the planet-sized ruins that are off there in the ocean. And so he used his, you know, his magic bad guy dagger to say, this is exactly where the goods are in there. And if any of my other, uh, what do you call them? Bishops? Monks? Who cares? What when these dark side monk guys needs to go back and they have the knife, they can get there. Shut the fuck up. I'm just Stop saying it. that it, there's, it. there's, it's not, it's no, not, no, the it's most, dumb. It's not as absurd as an old man in the desert being okay. like, hey, let's go find your sister. Don't make out okay, with her. So, okay, oh, it's too late. So, you already made out with her. So here's the thing. <laughs> when I got out of the movie, I texted you both. Mm-hmm. Has Star Wars always been stupid? The answer was yes. And you both, you both answered yes. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Star uh, Star Wars is, for all intents and purposes, really dumb. It's about Muppets in space, yep. magical space powers, um, laser swords, uh, a ball that blows up planets. It's dumb. It's Many science- balls that blow up yes. planets. Yes. There, are, yes. there are no yeah. fewer than three balls that blow up planets. The problem that I had with Rise of Skywalker is that it doesn't earn any of the stupidity because mm. A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, there like there are a few plot threads, but all of them are given ample room to breathe, to explain yeah. themselves, to allow you to actually absorb information and go, yeah, yeah. There's a green Muppet that's teaching uh, uh, the guy you know, Luke Skywalker how to move rocks with his mind, like that, like you. Disbelief is suspended. 
You're in the world. Rise of the Skywalker tries to cram three movies worth of content in one movie, has no time for any character development or giving you any reason to care about anything. So by the end of it, I I, I was just like, I, I couldn't not laugh at it. Hmm. I wasn't yeah. invested. I was only yeah. like, there are so many things in this movie. I'm like, it's clear that they want you to care about these moments, but it's only because they're like grabbing you by the collar and going, remember Han Solo? Here's a moment. Remember the Death Star? There are like 20 of them now. Remember, like just, it, that's all it is. It's just, it's, there's no, nothing I could grab onto to feel any sort of, any emotion for it beyond this is Susan, can you contribute to this hate mashed potato pile, uh, Close Encounters style? Oh, just like oh, just oh, mold yes. it up, mold it oh, up. Oh yes, I can. Oh yes, I can. First, I want to say the parts with Carrie Fisher are really, really awkward, and they make it very, very difficult to become invested in anything mm. happening on the Rebel base. That said. I'm not sure there was a better way to do that. Like, yeah, they, they really did the best they could with, they like... They did the best... I, I, yeah. I, I've, been, I've been obsessing about this. Do yeah. you kill her off screen? Exactly. That's not, that, like, no. Ugh. Yeah, like, there was... It's, they made the, the best out of a, a just a horrible situation, I feel yeah. like. So I'm giving them a pass on that completely. <laughs> they they did what they, they could. And when, when life gives you sugar... And water and ice, but no lemons. Yeah. And you still have to make lemonade. <laughs> yep. Yep. They did their best. And you know what? And and from a technological perspective, it's amazing. Yeah. Like if, if you didn't know she wasn't actually there, you would never know she wasn't actually there. Like remarkable. Okay. There's that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> Okay. Yay. (laughs) I... I'm the only one of us who's been alive for the whole schmear. It's true. Right? Like, Star Wars is one of the... I think it's the second movie I ever saw in the movie theater. Literally changed my life. It's stupid. But it was very, you know... Evil, you should stand up to evil even when it's hard. Like, that's the message. It matters. It matters, right? Like, even if you're just this tiny little person, just do it. Like, it matters. That's the message of Star Wars, and it's very, very important. It was very, very meaningful, right? Okay. But it's dumb. It's a dumb movie, and that's okay, right? Like, I. But the weaponized nostalgia of of, of Rise of Skywalker. Makes me. It's so insulting to yeah. me. It's like it has ah, zero look. zero respect for its fans. Like, oh look, look, here's Wedge. See, he's really old now, but here's the guy from the original movie. Uh, doesn't that make you happy? No, oh, it look, does Lando's not. Lando's at Coachella, guys. Look. <laughs> like what? Just stop it! Yeah. Like. I was so pumped when Wedge showed up. I hate uh, myself for it. God damn it. Fuck when you. when, when like, they flashed a Wedge and he's just like firing away, I was like, fuck yeah. I, I do I do love 
that Wedge Antilles has survived all of these movies, but Snap Wexley did not. How great is it when he dies? I definitely cheered in the theater. I might have had some Baileys. But when Snap Wexley blows up, I was like, eat it, heroes, guy! Yeah! Is, is, is Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker the most expensive Felicity Union ever recorded? <laughs> yes. Carrie Russell's in this thing, too, for five well, seconds. It's, it's canonical, yeah. because Felicity ends with it all being a dream. Which, so, okay, by the way, appreciate the attempt, Disney, to make sure people think Poe is heterosexual all you've done is inform us that he's bi. Okay? That's it. <laughs> That's it. You ha- That's also, okay. like, I, I like, I like it. I love that moment at the end. I think it's the only moment of comedy in all three of the new movies that actually <laughs> lands. Uh, when okay, he... I disagree with that, but... All right, well, well, there are some great, there are some great bits with Luke in Last Jedi. Well, like, okay, but also great comedy in, with Luke. In, uh, in Force Awakens, there... Who talks first? That's fucking funny. Oh, that's dude. funny. Yeah, no, you're right. That's funny I'm as shit. I, yeah, that's funny. I do like it when BB-8 gives the thumbs up in Force Awakens yes. with a little lighter. Yes. That's it's great. Adorable. But yes, I but do. I do love when Poe like gives the like, "Are we gonna fuck?" No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's yeah, like, "No." no. And she, this. And he's I'm like, not, "Yeah, okay." No. But yeah. then he immediately is like, "Where's Finn?" Exactly. <laughs> so he's bisexual. And, and, okay. Here's like here's my thing, like. At the end, Ray goes back to uh, where Luke grew up. Yeah. Uncle Owen and Amparoo's place. And that's where she chooses the name of Skywalker. Now, that to me is an appropriate use of nostalgia, right? Because I like she that. had a gen- you know, she had a relationship with him. He, you know, he and sacrificed. Leia. And Leia. Like- and, Le- and Leia, right? So that. That is meaningful. Just the shit they're just throwing at you the rest of the time. It's like they just reached around in a Star Wars like handbag and were like, hmm, what do we got now? Okay. And they just throw it at you and they hit you in the face with it and go, don't you love Star Wars? Yes, you do. But here's my big problem. The whole message of The Last Jedi is about expectations and responsibilities and the weight of that on your shoulders as you try to figure out who you are versus who you're supposed to be. Hmm. We see Luke deal with it. We see uh, Kylo Ren deal with it. We see Rey deal with it. All three of them try to figure out who are they versus who the, the universe expects them to be. And that is what makes – and Poe too actually now that I yeah. think about it. yeah. Yeah, it's like that's the major tension of that movie. All that gets thrown out the motherfucking window to the point that uh, – and it's such a clear retcon because they're like, oh, no, we always knew she was Palpatine's granddaughter. Bullshit. Because Kylo (laughs) says to her, I never lied to you. And that's the thing. He never has. He has never lied to her except for that time I told you your parents sold you for, for drinking money. Okay, there was that. I did lie to you then. Like, when he told her in, in uh, for, uh, Last Jedi, like, you're nobody except to me, that was the truth. Like, she's a nobody, but, you know, she's not the spawn of a hero. She's not part of the lineage. She's not, she's just, you know, 
a person who mm-hmm. wants to do the right thing, right? Which is the whole fucking point. But he, but she is special to him, and that was a, that was a very important exchange of dialogue, which is now completely out the fucking window. Yeah, because, because wait a minute, <clears throat> because this got, all has to be about like lineage and fate, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and and oh, because, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian McDermott ahead. with a glass jar full of Snoke's, to, just to hand oh, wave man. that away. I love, I love the bottle of Snoke's. He's just got a juicy. Country time it's Snoke's just stupid. sitting in the- It's stupid. And that is because like people are like, oh, where did Snoke come from? Who gives a fuck where yeah. Snoke comes from? It doesn't matter. Yeah, who gives I get a that you doesn't want matter. to know, like you're curious because he's an interesting character, and that's fine. But this, the movie is not bad because it doesn't yeah. explain. He's like, a bad guy, the, okay? The things that the movie chooses to explain, like Snoke in a jar, versus the things that it hints at but doesn't explain, but you have to read the encyclopedia to find out. Yeah. Like the very end of the movie when Lando is looking at, um, oh, I forget her name. She's at like the very end of the movie, the only other black person in the movie. Rana. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and like he's like giving her this look and like in like I'm watching this going like why is he looking at her so weird? Like am I supposed to know something? Um and it turns he, out like in the encyclopedia they explain that Lando has a daughter and that and that's her. And like be, like Lando what? had a daughter that she was taken from what? him forcibly to go to the like be a stormtrooper for the first order and this is them reuniting that's right? insane yeah. yes mm-hmm. some stupid bullshit i thought he oh. was just being like let's go on a space adventure no by, by the way oh also uh, remember that finn had something he wanted to tell ray yeah, but that's that they address that in the dialogue. No, they don't. They, yes, no, they, they don't. do. No, they he, don't. He flat out says to Poe and Rana that he's been trying to tell Ray the entire time that he can feel the force. He's been trying to say, like, I can sense these things, too. And it's freaking me out. That's part no, of the doesn't. movie. Yes, no. he does. No. Yes, he does. All right. Okay, so the fact that we're even having this argument just shows that like How there are so many well, yeah. it's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. interesting moments in this movie that have absolutely zero time to breathe. Like mm-hmm. the entire sequence with uh, fucking Felicity. Um, oh, yeah. She's cool. Like I wanted to know more about like that's a whole like that's a movie right there. And it, she shows up, gives them a magic coin MacGuffin to further their plot, and then disappears for the next hour of the film. Like and shows up and to that, be like, I'm here as well to fight. Like, and that's the, that's the whole yeah, it's, movie. It's the, yeah, it's like, oh, I survived the explosion. Yay, with my little uh, friend who can you can buy in Disney stores. Yes, <laughs> along with Forky, the plastic fork from yeah. Toy Story 4. <laughs> The injection molded plastic fork that is the embodiment of children's imagination everywhere. So uh, let me let me let me jump on this hate train. I want to get on this hate train, even though I like this movie. Uh, one, I I'm I'm with you, Susan. I really like the like final ending uh, on Tatooine, even though like it's a fucking desert. That building would not be there anymore. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> the building would yeah. be gone. Yeah. And I so badly wanted. When that the old lady on her pack animal walks by and she's like, no one comes around here anymore. I wanted her so badly to look at Ray and be like, hope you're not looking for any delicious bones in the desert because they're all gone. 
you're looking for roasted Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. <laughs> I, I was going to say, ate like, them years ago. Yeah. Just got there. Where are they? <laughs> Why do we have, like, a femur sticking out of the sand? Um, remember the femur? <laughs> remember the femur? Uh, man, I wish I could find... Somebody did a Photoshop years ago. This is early, early 2000s internet. But somebody made a mock Star Wars toy thing where it's the picture yeah. from the movie and then there was a little bubble and there were just ashes in it. <laughs> Uncle Owen. <laughs> Uncle yeah. Owen and Amber. <laughs> Those juicy skeletons. Why were the stormtroopers so good at killing them and no one else? <laughs> Literally no one else. Uh... But I, okay, so that ending, I, I really like that. I emotionally like what is happening during the, like, climax of the film. Uh, with the, you know, the, the Emperor basically destroying himself. I like that. I think it might be the worst visual I've seen in a major motion picture. Why is it so dark? Why it is, is so everything dark? Why so is dark? Stupid. Yeah. I, like, how... If you're if you're pouring on the here's all the things from Star Wars you like uh, bucket, why would you have the Emperor explode like one of the bad guys from uh, the Lord of the Rings movies like 20 years ago, where it's just like now I'm gonna hold up multiple lightsabers and you're gonna melt away and everything's gonna explode. Nothing. Why would you do that? That's not. That is not narratively appropriate even for the series that you're making. Yeah, and we're well. throwing all of this fan shit into it. Why would you do this? It's so ugly and dumb. Uh, for what I think would ultimately be a halfway decent, emotionally speaking, conclusion of the arc. Here's, here was the way I, I rode the train with Ray's story is I really love how in the original movie, on the inversion of Luke Skywalker in Rey, where Rey is just really good at shit, and mm -hmm. all she wants in the world is to be nobody. She wants to be left alone on this planet where she can wait for her parents to come home. And that is all she wants. She gets the call to adventure, I need to go home. She meets legendary heroes, I just want to go home. She gets tied up in everybody, and the movie ends with her fulfilling the last of her obligation. She's like, these people were good to me. Uh, I clearly have this power. I don't want to kill anybody, but I still need to get home. She goes and finds Luke Skywalker. And I like that the entirety of The Last Jedi is her being told, like, yes, Kylo Ren, who, who you know, they... they I'm so happy that they did fuck. Like, Kylo Ren. <laughs> so happy that we finally got that delivered. Uh, all the people that told us we were dumb on this podcast for wanting that to happen. Screw you. It was great. Uh, but I, I like that the entire thing is Ray being like, I, I, I guess I am being forced to be somebody. And I don't know what my purpose in any of this is. And she ends up latching on to humanity right she she wants to help kylo ren 
and she wants to, you know, as, as much as she can get Luke Skywalker to re-engage with the world. And it's almost like she fails with Luke. Like, she, she can't change him. You know, he has to change for himself. And so she leaves, and she chooses to finally engage with the world. You know, she's told that she's nobody, but now you're part of the story, and she uses this revelation to be like, I will become a Jedi. I will fight for what I think is just and good in this world. This is who I am now. I've chosen my identity. Mm-hmm. But it's it's she's not all the way there. She's, you know, she's just walking the path, right? And I like thematically, not the execution, thematically. I like the idea that somebody comes to her and says, well, who you think you are and who you choose to be doesn't matter because this is where you actually come from. And this, these are your people and you're going to be a fucking space monster, whether you like it or not. And that's what you have to deal with. And I like that the conclusion of her story is no, fuck you. I'm, I'm who I say I am. I choose who I am. That's, I like that. I like that. And uh, I do like it when Wedge and Tilly shows <laughs> I like that a lot. Anthony, Wedge, part wh- of the problem, Agnello has spoken. <laughs> so here, here's what I, here's the thing. Here's what I really would have liked. And I, I completely understand why they couldn't do this. There's no way this, this is a, a realistic want. But what would have been great is for her to be Palpatine's granddaughter, feel, be like, well, shit, this is why none of this has made sense for me until now. Mm. Okay, I'm going to go do that. Mm-hmm. And then Kylo regains his bendness. Mm. And then, like, the you know, now he's the Jedi and she is the Sith. God, like, that's badass. cool. Yeah. Right? Or, like, narratively... Or- like, I, you know, I, I also like the idea that uh, my my lovely wife, Kate, who has impeccable taste, uh, she's like, I don't understand why you need Palpatine at all when a much more interesting story would be her fighting against Kylo Ren, who's fully embraced being space Hitler. And then he turns back into Ben Solo and she and him are fighting his own people. And that's. Yeah, that would have been know, way better. I, I can imagine 58,000 different movies that are better movies than yeah, well, this there's one. That. Yeah. There's that. <clears throat> yeah. There's like, that. Hey, there, there's always, there, there are many different variations on this. <clears throat> Honestly, I wish they had just, since, since they made these in the same way that they made the original ones, which is just make one, see where everything shakes yeah. out and then yeah. write the next one, uh, which is what happened. Everybody look it up. Uh, it is, yeah, that's, 100%. That's the way it went it's all, down. Well, it's 100%. part of this original vision, though. Uh, my, my original vision, I thought to myself, what if Luke was partially a lizard man? And <laughs> That is a shockingly good imitation. And then he found out that he laid a bunch of lizard eggs, and one of them was his sister. Like, George, we, we'll, we'll keep part of that for you, man. We'll keep part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't do all of it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, when Carrie Fisher died, Disney doesn't need more money. They knew they were releasing however the fuck many Avengers movies between The Last Jedi and this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just delay it, guys. Just yeah. be like, you know what? 
we're going to bite the bullet and give this one a little bit more time at the other. We need to figure this out. Like, <clears throat> I don't think Lawrence Kasdan wasn't involved with this, was he? This I, is, like, no. he he's Lawrence been out Kasdan since was. Solo, I think. So, yeah. like, I like, I don't know. It just it feels. Now, I I don't want to say that this new movie has ruined Star Wars for me. Like, it's not. They're not worse than the prequels. Nope. It's hard. It's hard to be worse than the prequels, but Almost I will nothing say nothing is worse than the like, prequels. If you're Disney and you spend a billion dollars buying Star Wars and you're saying we're going to make a new trilogy because the original trilogy was made like he just he barely scraped by with the budget that he had making the first one. And it sure. was a huge success. So they're like, OK, well, we have to make a sequel. So, you know, they made the sequel and then they rounded it out with the trilogy because, you know, the, the search, Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. Um, <laughs> but then you're Disney. You're saying we're going to set out to make a to make a to make a trilogy where we are making episodes seven, eight and nine. I'm not saying you got to write them all before you start. But have a, an an outline. Yeah. Because that that's the that yeah. Rise of the Skywalker to me. Like, I don't ever really want to watch this new trilogy anymore because it feels like a bunch of ideas that don't connect in meaningful ways. You have yeah. Yeah. episode seven, which introduces all the characters. And, like, I have my criticisms of seven, but I think it's, like, it's a great start. You have all these characters. You're like, we can do something with this. Last Jedi, because because there was no plan, like, Last Jedi, uh, while I think is, like, thematically interesting and, like, really does some cool things with, like, exploration of the world of Star Wars. Like, like it gets into some nuance that, like, none of the other movies have. Mm. Uh, but narratively feels like it's spinning its wheels because I, I just, I feel like they don't really know where they're going with this. And then, That's true. And That's then true. you have Rise of Skywalker, which is, like, J.J. Abrams going, okay, well, we have to course correct, so we have to fit, like, three movies worth of plot into one movie create a bunch of new stuff that was never mentioned in the first two movies because this needs to lead somewhere. It just, it doesn't feel connected. Like they feel like distinctly separate movies in a way that even the original trilogy doesn't. We, we talked about this, uh, and at the time, uh, it's part of the fun of listening to our most recent episode. Everybody who's listening to this, you can go to, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and ContinuePodcast.com and listen to Continue Gaiden, which is a sampler <laughs> of uh, <clears throat> the pre-show segments that we do for this that are, are backer only typically. And we wanted to give people a sort of like just a little buffet of those. Uh, and a moose-bouche. Yeah, <laughs> one of those was uh, one of the things that you selected, Dave, is from the first episode we recorded after uh, Last Jedi came out. And so I ended up going back and listening to the proper episode that went with that where we talked about it. And it was interesting going back because all three of us were saying that Last Jedi was fascinating because it was a self-contained story. It, it almost felt like an ending for all of Star Wars yeah. at the end. It was, it was a moment of, well, where do you even go? go after that i stand by my statement uh from that from the what i say in the gaiden episode i I think last jedi is probably my favorite one 
ever made. It's I I think. I mean, it it can't exist without the other movies that precede it, but it yeah. is my platonic ideal of the treatment of the principal characters. I uh, I completely agree. It's my absolute favorite for two reasons. It has the best acting performances of all my of films. Them. Yeah, easily, easily, because I ju- I just rewatched it recently and. Adam Driver is such a goddamn good actor. I mean, he, he is an immensely talented person who understands what's going on in his character so perfectly. Da- down to the most minute detail. And he, I will fully admit that he, he's the thing that makes me connect with Rise of Skywalker at all. Well, he's, oh the, oh, he's, yeah, the, yeah. he's the only character who has any development. Yeah. At all. And, yeah. and I yeah. love it. I love him. I love every single scene he's in. He's great. Yep. Like, yep. I remember seeing takes, uh, or someone was saying, like, people are saying that, like, if you think, like, Rilo Ken's redemption arc makes you a fascist, like, like one, like, what people are, are identifying, yeah, like, people are identifying with ter- like, the redemption arc of Kylo Ren because it's the only character arc in that movie that's, like, developed at all. Like, that's... That's why it's not because they're fat. Whatever. Anyway, uh-huh. go on. Uh, uh, oh God. Anyway, yeah, the listen to the place. first segment of this show. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. The people so, saying that. The the, uh, the there's okay. So there's a part. It's the it's the very end where uh, he where Luke shows up. Yeah. On on crate and uh, Kylo sees him and very softly says, fire every gun we have at that man. <laughs> and it's the most incredible delivery of a line in the entire series, in my opinion. But it's also the most visually interesting uh, of, of the films. And that's a big problem I had with Rise of Skywalker is it's just boring looking. It is boring. It's, 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 just it's, a, I felt the same way about Force Awakens, though. I, I think J.J. Yeah, Abrams up, makes... It, I profoundly agree. ugly movies. He makes I, astonishingly I ugly movies. That he makes TV episodes. <laughs> very, yeah. very expensive TV episodes. Every, every single time somebody says, oh, you know, all he does is emulate Spielberg's visual language. And all I can think is he, he emulates some of the, the, uh, some of the visual language of Spielberg, but it's almost as though somebody took Spielberg and thought, how do we turn this into a line of saran wrap and plastic wares? How do we turn this into something that is purely functional it's, it, and It's the version and, of, uh, of Spielberg that sold at Target. Yes. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. exactly what I'm trying to say. And you said it yeah. so much better. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just very chilly and it, it's functional at times. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. It's yep. perfectly functional and you end up getting what are some striking images almost by accident. You, you know, yeah. the entire like, like sequence. He, he, he yeah. knows how to make like stuff blow up cool, I think. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree with that. Yep. Um, but he can't. Like you look at something like Lost, like the 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 pilot for Lost, like will go down in history as one of the the coolest pilots of television because like you have all of this stuff going on, the planes just exploding, and then like people are running around, and like characters yeah. are getting introduced as this horrible thing is happening just by like how they react 
to yeah. what is going on. And then uh, it's all focused on Jack, the doctor running around, running around, like trying to help people. Um, so you, and then you like, he starts slowly like developing these mysteries and you find out a, and it's like, okay, that's cool. But where do we go from here? And he never sticks the landing. He's never yeah. stuck the landing in the history sure. of his entire career. Like he's really good at setting something up and going like, okay, now what? Okay. He, he's I like David, he's I like David Cage in that way. shot in the face, right? And he's a dick rich guy. And after Harrison Ford gets shot in the face, then he wakes up and Sinbad teaches him to walk and paint Ritz crackers. And now he loves his family. But then Did Her- he do regarding Henry? At the age of 20, J.J. Abrams wrote regarding Henry. Wow! <laughs> I am convinced that uh, the Star Trek reboot was a fluke. The Star Trek, re- well, the Star Trek reboot is all, uh, all the things he's good at. It's yeah, the, people, it's it's people setting being sexy up. and mm. cool and like, setting things up. The and, sequels suck. Like that's oh, the problem. Yeah, yeah. Like Into Khan, Darkness is Khan a disaster. Is yeah, still, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Un- like how you blow Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. Yeah, that takes talent to so, make him <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not trying to convince you of this point, uh, either of you, but that line reading from Adam Driver as Kylo Ren at the end of Last Jedi, it sort of illustrates to me why I why the idea that Ray's parentage is something more narratively speaking, not emotionally, narratively speaking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. works because when he delivers that line. The entire time that Ray has been thinking, oh, there's a good man inside of him and I'm going to save him. No, the entire time Kylo Ren has still been a petulant, selfish boy the entire time. And at the end, after he's killed Snoke and they fight together, Ray thinks, oh, we're in sync. We're together. We're balancing the force. And in reality, he's like, no. No, we're going to be together, you and me, and we're going to rule everything. We're going to fuck everybody else over. And so the idea of him being like, you're nobody except to me, that is some sinister negging shit, which makes sense for that character and the way he behaves afterwards. So the idea of him saying, like, your parents are nobody, you're nobody, you don't have a part in this story except to me, having that be revealed to be not the entire truth from a certain point of view. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> but I know I'm, I'm saying, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying that is good writing. I'm not, I'm saying no, that n- it makes sense. No, 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 no. Because you're, your reading of him is off mm. because you are a heterosexual man. And now I, I was about to say my perspective is different. And I recognize <laughs> yeah. that. I recognize that yeah. it's tainted. <laughs> Because it is, he's hurt. Mm. Everything he is doing is coming from a place of such deep hurt. It's not Mm. coming from anger. It's coming from hurt. And that's why he, because Ray cares about him. Mm. You know, it's not family it's not his teacher it's like here's this person who has who is new who understands him because they have you know they've got very similar things going on 
and cares about him. And that's hugely meaningful to him. But he's so terrified that she's just going to fuck him over too. Mm. Like he can't be Ben. He has to be Kylo because Kylo will kill everybody and, and, you know, Ben will just get hurt again. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I see it. I see it. Yeah. I do. I do. I, I very much enjoy his arc in rise of Skywalker. I do. I, that is the one thing I do like about that movie is him and her. Yeah. But then then they they, they kind of retcon that by saying that the reason why they're connected is because they're a dyad in the force. Okay, there's that. Oh, yeah. okay. Like, so, like yeah. I don't, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. Uh, so yeah, let me let me throw this out there. Something, it's like the midichlorians of this movie. Ooh, yep. Okay, so you're not too far off, but something that is very strange about both the Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker, and I find, mm-hmm. I find this very weird, and especially in terms of people like accusing Disney of trying to do like course correction shit. Mm-hmm. I, I have trouble disagreeing with that because both rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian bring in shit from the EU. And interesting. The idea of people being so explicitly connected through the force that they are themselves a, a sort of living bridge, like across the universe is something from the EU. The idea of... Oh. And like a dyad, it's not, it's not like a title. It's not like you two are a capital D dyad. It's to describe what is happening between them. And in the old EU shit, that was Han Solo mm. and Princess Leia's twins. Their kids, Jace and Jaina. Interesting. And so it's weird to see them be like, here's some EU shit. And yeah. at the... At, uh, Little Mandalorian spoilers here. Do you guys see the end of the Mandalorian? You guys I did, watch yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So when uh Oh, the, is is that dude from the EU? He's not, but the the boring ass guy who replaces fucking uh my hero, uh the guy who comes in and is like Warner Herzog's superior, at the very end, he cuts his way out of a crashed TIE fighter with yeah. a fancy looking sword. That's that's what I'm talking about. That sword, not him, the sword, him. Okay. is yeah. called the Darksaber. <laughs> Star Wars oh. is stupid. Oh, my God. And the, the Darksaber like is... The, Timothy, is that Timothy Zahn stuff? It, it's not... It, yeah, it comes out of that. And the Darksaber was the sword of the only Mandalorian that ever joined the Jedi like thousands of years ago. Interesting. And, and since then it's, it has a, a sort of significance like, um, are you guys familiar with the Imperial treasures in Japan? There's a sword, a mirror and uh, a box. And th- those three things are things in the possession of whoever is the emperor in Japan, oh, yeah, they and they are three the, the gifts directly in the ball and the crown. Yeah, Same yeah, thing in England. D- yeah. Directly descended from the gods yep. to humanity, and that is it's this thing of significant political power on the actual planet of Mandalore. You would only know that if you're a gigantic fucking Star Wars weeb. Yeah. And like this dyad stuff and that, I'm like, whoa, slow down there, Mara Jane. What are you guys doing? <laughs> you said you were getting, <laughs> you said you were getting rid of all that shit. 
Don't start bringing it up now! People are- people want to see those too! Fuck! Don't say dyad! That's not yeah. a word! Uh, but yeah, that's- that's where that came from. Uh, oh, okay. Right, right. Kinda dumb. Pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, let's talk about a story that makes sense, guys. Yeah. Let's talk oh, about a story- don't. That is just narratively pristine. Uh, and, we're gonna and, take a walk with Princess Beach. <laughs> let's, let's, I like that. That's good. I like that. Let's get let's get in the sand, everybody. Oh my god! We're gonna build a little castle. So we've been promising this for a couple months. Susan Arndt has finally joined Dave and I uh, <laughs> on the wonderful sandy beach of the post. Susan got Kojima. She got Kojima. I did. I got Kojima hard. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so Susan, when did the worm turn for you on the road so, to the credits? Okay, okay, okay. So I preface this all by saying uh, I still think it's a brilliant game. I think it's a okay. wonderful game. Uh, you just need to stop playing it at a certain point. <laughs> is is the thing. So uh, the story of Death Stranding, broadly, is uh, the president was was th- there's been a catastrophe. Um, the, the country's fucked. They want to set up these, these connections and knots. Basically, think of it as the internet, to reconnect civilization. So they ask you, Sam Porter Bridges, to walk from one side of the country to the other, setting up this chiral network to reconnect the country. You, Sam Porter Bridges, don't really give a fuck about that, but... Uh, this girl, Amelie, who is important to you for reasons that you don't know until... You will th- not know for dozens of hours later. <laughs> for dozens of hours, like, is she, your, is she your sister? Is she your wife? Like, what? You don't know. Don't worry about it. You do find out eventually. But anyway, she's been kidnapped. She's on the West Coast. So uh, you got to hook up the network. you got to walk across the country, hook up the network, go get her, and then y'all can use the network to get back to the East Coast. Don't worry about it, but that's your mission. Okay, along the way, Troy Baker in the performance of his fucking life. It's the best Troy Baker performance of all time. So good. Best. It's he, so kills, good. It, he kills the shit out of that role. He does. He do, He's so good. At, like, I would say, play the game just to see his role in it because he's that good okay he is a terrorist he's like you know what america kind of sucked how about we don't hook it all back up he is the one who has kidnapped this chick and is trying to stop you from hooking up the chiral network so far good plot Mm -hmm. they start throwing in shit about mass extinctions and umbilical cords and how everybody has a different beach and there's a dude who kills himself every 20 minutes. I love that cutscene though. That seems great. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And like and and then there's a guy who's made 70% out of cadavers. Don't worry about it. Uh, like Kojima's made 70% out of movies. That's true. <laughs> uh, and and Matt, Matt Mickelson shows up every now and again to try and shoot you. But don't worry about it because No, Mads, Mads Mickelson shows up every now and again to sing to a baby, yes. uh, unless he's covered with juice, and in which case right. he's trying to kill you. 
He is, yes, he is either singing to a baby or trying to kill you on a battlefield. Don't worry about it. That actually kind of does make sense. That part of the plot is satisfying. It, oh, but it oh does. my fucking Christ, it takes a while to get there. <laughs> okay. You finally make it to the West Coast. You are now confronting Troy Baker in a big freaking boss fight. This is the point at which you stop playing the game. <laughs> the boss fight sucks. The boss fight does suck. It's they not all fun. Suck. All the boss they, fights suck. That's actually true. All, they do there all is suck. no there is no such thing as a good boss fight in that game. They are No. Any they like, are that's what I was saying before. Any time that yeah. game forces you to engage with combat is <clears throat> bad. They are they are the emperor blowing up at the end of Rise Skywalker Rise of Skywalker <laughs> for Death Stranding. That's what they are. Yeah. They're just different <clears throat> degrees of suck, honestly. Yeah. There's one where where it's like a lion wearing a mask. That one isn't too bad. Yeah, but even but that like it's all just so It's dumb. So besides the point. It's just it, it, it's so, so besides not, the point. Yeah, like you're 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 it's so not what that game is. Yeah. But okay, so you you have this boss fight with Troy Baker. And by the way, did you did you find his place where he lives? Yes. I love that the pizza shack. The pizza, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love, love it. because it's it's the great revelation of all terrorists. Like you're just a filthy scrub. You're just yep. a filthy douche the entire time, sitting in your little bunker. You yeah. pathetic goon. Eating pizza. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> <laughs> so there's what you think it's all about yep there, there's what you think it's all I'll about even, i'll even i'll even give you you find out emily's been lying to you the whole time mm -hmm. she could have come back anytime she wanted she did not need rescuing but she did need you to hook up the chiral network so she's been lying to you the whole time mm -hmm. the bitch mm -hmm. like it's a great swerve it's really great <sighs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is she, Susan? Who is she? Philly? Yeah, who is who is this who woman? Who is this mystery lady? <laughs> so, <laughs> the president, who by the way is your adoptive mom, mm -hmm. was having surgery when she was twenty, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she died and her soul stayed in the afterlife but then her body came back yes that's yeah so emily is actually her so this person that you've known your whole life is the person who's been raising you your whole life but Remember, they're two distinct personalities, though. They're two distinct. No yeah, the ha, the, the ha and the ka. The ha and the ka. The ha and the ka. Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> I will Let's say, throw a little Egyptology in here, everybody. I will everybody. say, it does justify why Kojima used a DH version of Lindsay Wagner. It does. It does. It does. I'll give you that. Yes, it does. It, it, it's it not does. just Kojima being weird. Like <laughs> It's not just Kojima being weird. It does act that, that part, and I can't believe I'm saying this, makes sense. So, okay. So... Lindsay Wagner's soul lives on the beach because she doesn't actually have a physical body. So she can't come into meat space with you. You can only see her on the beach. This is how you have interacted with her your whole life. She 
is going to kill all of humanity? Because, because she's Palpatine's granddaughter. Because <laughs> no, that's that's pretty much what it is. Because reasons. Because okay. Every because major we, extinction event yep. has one extinction entity, which is the yep. cause of the extinction. But and she is she is in the same way for anybody familiar with things like the Sandman. Like the the comic book, the Sandman. The idea mm. is Sandman is the physical embodiment of dream. Yeah. This person, both her body and her her different person's soul that exists out there are the physical embodiment of the latest mass extinction. Right. And, it's, and what she wants to do is she's so haunted by this because she has a human conscience unlike previous extinction entities. She's so haunted by this that she wants to end the cycle for good and end life in the universe forever. Right, right. For she doesn't want there to be, like, extinction and then life comes back and then it's... She doesn't want... She, okay, all right. Now, okay. who is Daryl, really? <laughs> oh, no, we're not getting to... We're not there, you're yet. not there yet. No, because here's why. Okay. <laughs> So you, okay, so you and your friends, oh, by the way, you got to go all the way to the West Coast, and then they're like, oh, now you got to walk all the fucking way back to the East Coast, because you just have to, bro, because we're all together. Oh, because you got to say fragile. That's why. Right. So you got to take this shit all the way back to the East Coast to say fragile, because apparently none of them can walk to the 7-Eleven and get her cold medicine whatever mm-hmm. it's fine <laughs> okay. you gotta say you gotta save you gotta save your leather daddy girlfriend yeah they out of tardigrades i don't know it's what fuck okay fuck off all right so okay <laughs> so you all the scoop like the scooby gang figures out that amelie is gonna wipe out all life everywhere forever and they send you to stop her because mm-hmm. you're the only one who's got a chance in hell of doing it you go to the beach and she's standing in the ocean. And oh, by the way, there's this whole thing about a gun and you don't use it. It's important because you can trace it because it's got your blood in it. Whatever. Fine. Cool. Whatever. Okay. This is the point in the game. Like she, She's like, okay, dude, I'm going to do this. I'm going to leave it up to you. It, whether you stop me or let it happen. At this point, you are holding a gun. She is walking away from you into the ocean. What do you do? Well, I guess you try and kill her. Eh, wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Gun doesn't work. All right. Oh, I know. I should drop the gun because it's it's that's bad. I should be passive and not aggressive. Eh, wrong. No, 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 no. Oh, by the way, if you make the wrong choice, she turns around with goo coming out her eyes, and then you lose the game. Yeah. Oh, and that's to, so annoying. It's it's the worst. It's the worst. And you got to go through this over and over and over again until you figure out that what you got to do is follow her and give her a hug. Hmm. That's right. You See, because Sam doesn't like to... being touched, so like that's like uh, a big, like it's a big moment for him. Uh, to overcome his own 
Susan, Ass and Fossum Phobia. Susan, oh. you, didn't, you didn't do what I did where I got to that moment and I was like, I'm going to interrupt all of the narrative buildup that has brought us to this moment and get out my phone and make sure that I'm not going to get bad ending on this. Dear Japanese developers, yeah. stop it! <laughs> stop doing that! Make oh. it clear what you're supposed to do to end the game! Right? Right. Okay, but then... Tetsuya Nomura, you dingleberry. This is the point at which I start texting you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Because the credits begin rolling. Yes. You just have to keep... What you have to do at this point is walk down the beach... Forever. Until Sam sits down. It's a solid eight minutes. And then Amelie walks around you and she's like walking in a circle. And she's just, it's like she's really high Mm -hmm. and explaining an episode of Matlock and how it (laughs) relates to Stephen Hawking's A Theory of Everything. She she turns in, she turns into fucking uh, Colonel Sanders from Matrix Reloaded. (laughs) She just lays it all out there. It's just, it's just this nonstop blathering of Bullshit. And then she's done and Sam stands up and then he keeps walking down the beach until he sits down again. You have control over like all you can do at this point is walk. And then he sits down and then you wait while she talks about soundtrack's real good though. The soundtrack is real good. (laughs) It's 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 eight it's it's eight minutes of this shit while she's talking about death strandings and 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 the beach and what she's been trying to do and the whole time Sam is just like can you get this bitch to stop talking to me please <laughs> I need to get out of here just please like it is the stereotypical of when your girlfriend is angry at you and is bringing up everything that ever made her angry over the course of your relationship <laughs> it is that moment from the rom-com uh, it's that. Oh no. Yeah. It's the it's the breakup conversation where it's really about everything. Oh my god. And then and oh by the way, don't worry about the credits cuz you're not done the game yet. There's another 90 minutes to go. Oh, you were so angry when Dave and I told you that there were 90 minutes of that game left. And they were good minutes. They're not good. I mean, you do you do find out. Okay, so <laughs> so so, all right, so you've so been who care- is Dent Redis? Yes, all right, so you find out. So you every time you plug into your to your little uh, Brandy baby, you get a flashback to Mads Mickelson singing to the baby or talking to. It. All right, okay, so uh, the baby is you're looking out through the baby in the lab where Mads is. Uh, he is talking to a, a BB, which is your little brandy baby that you carry around on the front. And uh, BBs come from still mothers. They are, are women who are brain dead. So they're a connection to the other the, side. the beaches. The beaches. They're right. a connection to Bette Midler's beaches. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> So uh, the entire time you've been seeing these flashbacks, you finally get the full story. You, in fact, are the baby that Mads has been singing to. You are his son. You are the original bridge baby. You are the original bridge baby. You die because your dad is like, fuck this shit. I'm taking my kid. Mm -hmm. And he tries to steal you 
from this facility and uh, the president shoots him while he is cradling your infant form and you die. You wash up on the beach where Amelie finds you. Runs her finger over the gunshot wound. That's why you have a little cross on your tongue and <laughs> sends you back. Your little tum-tum. On your little tub. <laughs> and sends, sends you back. And the a president who just shot you and your dad realizes you're now alive and adopts you on the spot. I, get, I don't know if we're because to because be, well she she knows yeah. what Amelie knows oh, and right, she yeah. now okay. knows that she well, has like the ultimate version of the technology she wanted. Well, and I think right. the, the implication too is that like Amelie sending you back is yes. how all of this shit how started this in the happens. first place. Oh, for, that's right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. This is essentially all your fault, but you also fixed it, so it's all kind of circular and connected. Oh, but wait, we're not done quite yet. Not yet. Because, so uh, you uh, you learn over the course of the game that one of the reasons why Sam Porter Bridges is so attached to his BB is that uh, his wife was pregnant and died. One of the explosions, right? And one the- of the explosions, yeah. And so he starts calling... Uh, his BB, Lou. Oh, but it's short for Louise. Oh, he has a little girl. Oh, ain't that nice? See, he subverted your expectations. <laughs> you see? thought it was a boy, but it's actually a girl. It's like Samus Aerith from the Metroid. God. <laughs> it's, I, I find, I love, I love that these are our subjects for the airing of grievances. Because... <laughs> Death Stranding suffers from the exact opposite problem of Rise of Skywalker. It's trying to do a lot of things that are really kind of simple and just drags them out yep. and puts them into the wrong yeah, places ex- to talk about yeah. them. Yeah, explains yeah. everything, but like the like the ending twist would have made more sense as like a, a two like a twist two thirds of the way in the movie or in the in the movie the yeah. game. <laughs> but hey, it's like it, by the time you hit that point. ending, you're like, but all these characters are dead. It's all. <laughs> it's not only that. It's like I already knew this, guys. Like yeah. inference is real. I picked up. You don't need to have this asshole in his skull mask tell me who my dad is. The emails hour. told me too. I yeah. got it already. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, why why are they wearing skull masks? Why? No, don't why. No, that's that's oh. just that's just Kojima. That's okay. You know what? I will even give you that one. I will give. You, okay, I'm not going to give you a woman walking around in this lovely silk blouse and a black skull mask. I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> no. 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 It's just aesthetically no. But so, uh, uh, Mama dies. Because uh, she wasn't really alive anyway, like her baby. Anyway, it's a thing. You have to schlep her corpse to Hartman mm-hmm. at one point. And then there, a thing is made out of how her body isn't decaying at all. Yeah. That is not important. It is never touched on. 
It has no relevance. Uh, no, 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 no. Because it, it is, it, it is the first clue as to why Amelie is what she is. Because Mama and Amelie are almost the same. It, thing. Like, cause, yeah, well, it's like uh, Mama is Mama like is the it's like the ka and yeah, the ka yeah. and the ha with no, no, like no, her no. sister. Yeah, that part, but her body not decaying isn't. The idea is that her body isn't even really a body. That it's it is. Like, in the same way that Amelie can manifest in the real world and people can see her and interact with her, even though she's still actually on the beach, it's the same thing. It's explained very... It's it's explained Explained about as well as 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 what Finn is trying to tell (laughs) Ray Rise of Skywalker. Very awkwardly done. Yeah. Did you know Die Hardman is named Die Hardman because he can't die? Oh, Oh, my God. God. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you oh, know that? Oh my god. I, I was, oh my the, god. The, the scene with him is great. Like that's the thing. It's like it's all stupid and it's like they're just that's, saying the same things over and over, over again. And but like over. the the scene with Tommy Earl Jenkins like acting his heart out. Acting his heart out. Put that and scene the earlier. scene with Mads Mikkelsen. Put, that, put those scenes like in the in the movie. Put them in the fucking movie. Like that scene, that scene when you're in Vietnam and Meds Mickelson finally realizes who the yeah. Boondock Saint uh, is <laughs> yeah. is fucking magical. It's it, really, it really good. good. Yeah. Put it in a part of the story where it matters, man. Yeah. <laughs> and and not- is, like he desperately, 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 desperately needs an editor. Oh, he needs an editor so badly. Take about. 30% of that game out, mm-hmm. it's a masterpiece. Yeah, don't even take any of the mechanical stuff out. Like, every no, no, every no. part you play, with the exception of boss fights, like, yeah. take out take out every real gun. Like, anything that shoots bullets or blood bullets, fucking just take it out of the game. Yeah, yeah. L- leave you with the bola gun. Like, minimalism. Pare it down. Pare yeah. it all the way down. Give you the bola gun give you the blood grenades, give you the snippy snippy. And that's it. That's all you should have the entire time. And then take out all of this superfluous story stuff and just boil it down. Yeah. And all of it would be so fucking powerful. So it really would. So the, pro- I th- the, the thing is like Kojima, I, you know, he wants to have a scene with Mads Mikkelsen in it. Cause why else get him? If all you're going to do is have him for flashbacks, but the way that you've structured your story, where the hell are you going to put it? Like, you you put it in the middle. You put it in the middle. You have like these are not hard fixes either. Like have him get to the Colorado Rockies and all of a sudden something Amelie says makes him suspicious. And then Troy Baker being a crazy person gives the game away and reveals that Amelie's the bad guy the whole time. And then have him having to get back, get to the West Coast anyway, because reasons the chiral network still needs to be complete to beat her because that's the only way that uh dead man can get him the special weapon that he needs to fight her whatever there's ways to do this to put these scenes into the middle of the story so that you don't even have to have uh, amelie being like all right well i better explain to you everything that just happened in case you're stupid Talk about a game that acts like the audience is really dumb. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Just, just take that shit out. So do you, a, a couple of episodes back, we talked about how we wanted to do a spoiler episode about Death Stranding, and I was explaining to you guys, I, I 
I really hated the what the story turned out to be about at first, and I felt very sort of challenged by that. I really, really detested the idea that, like, extinction was completely out of the responsibility of humankind in this game. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it was negating what was so powerful about it before of humans reaching out to each other and working together to rebuild society in a way that was meaningful and sustainable. And the idea it was just like, nah, extinction's magic. Yeah. And not something like, comes with a black yeah. thing in their belly. And then, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, like the reason why all the dinosaurs died off is because they, they were driving their cars around everywhere and right. sm- uh, which caused the meteor to appear. Like, it was their fault. <laughs> it's their fault the whole time. Yeah. God damn it. But I, I also, Okay. Go ahead and say what you're going to say. All I was going to say was, you know, I I balked at that, but that's not really what the game is saying. The game is just telling its story very badly. It's just telling it not well. Because the idea is that, like, you know, these extinction entities are things that embody what is about to happen. Not they're they're the ones that are, you know, they're the ones, like, being like, we're going to close it. We're going to bring it on home. They're not the ones coming down being, like, snidely whiplash twirling their mustache and saying now the world will end (laughs) the the whole idea is that one of them's like you know maybe i should end all this because it's really painful and horrific for anything that's alive which is a great idea if it was told well (laughs) which it is not which Which it's not. not also i i don't i i understand that i i the character of dead man really upsets me Oh, interesting. Uh, there are a lot of things that are upsetting about him, but why in particular? Because he's so... He's triggering Sam. Mm-hmm. Constantly. constantly. He's constantly, and I mean in the actual definition of the term triggering, and he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. And it really, really bothers me. Like, Sam doesn't like to be touched and he's constantly trying to touch him. He's constantly invading his personal space. He makes he, him get in the shower to do that, like, secret conversation is just all over him. Yeah. It gets yeah. weird. Yeah, he's, like, getting as close as he possibly can to his face. And then he's talking to him about his his <clears throat> dead wife and child. And, you know, it's very, very clear that Sam doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps going and going and going. And it really upsets me. Yeah. And I, I, I think that I understand why that choice is being made. Thematically, narratively, I understand why. If it were done with any measure of subtlety. Yeah. It, the, it would, the shtick is uh, he has no soul. But it's also like he doesn't know how to be a person. Right, uh, right, And it's right. talking to somebody who's forgotten how to be a person. And yeah. that could be beautiful if any of that was told... Through character actions. <laughs> instead, yeah. instead, it's later Guillermo del Toro's like, oh, I'll text you. I'll hit you on WhatsApp and I'll explain what the fuck I am rather than actually putting that in a scene. I, I, I mean, nothing is negating the fact all three of us said that this was our second favorite game of the year 2019. Yeah. And I, I, that's yeah. probably still true for all of us, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but it's just, just a... 
I mean, the thing, like, I've been on this ride since I was, like, 14. So, like, I have a... I don't know, like, appreciation, I guess, for, like, Kojima's unique brand of bullshit. Like, I, you're, I kind you're of... You're inoculated against it. Yes. I, like, and I, like, I kind of adore that, like, people still give him money to, like, just be as indulgent. And he, that he's allowed to be as indulgent as... And, you know, it, like, it's not great, but I like it. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, it, it's a lot. But again, like to me, I think the the mechanics of it and the the weaving of themes into the game itself is yeah. what makes that game really cool. Yeah, I agree. More and so I'll, than the story, for sure. I'll never, I'll never stop talking about this game. Like, I, you know, it's fucking fascinating. Uh, but and God. also, just on a very you know shallow note, it's gorgeous. So pretty. Just so stunningly gorgeous game. Uh, I really hope they don't ever make a sequel to it. I really hope, yeah. I really hope that there's never any like Death Stranding awakenings. Death Stranding, Death Stranding Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen? uh, Apparently, he's tweeting that he's been reading books for coming up with his next concept. So I imagine if he's talking about it as like his next concept. And not as like a sequel. Yeah, yeah. I wonder that's, if he's going to do something different. So uh, that reminds me, Dave. Uh, something we should talk about the next time Kojima comes up because this is the continue podcast. Kojima's going to come up again. Yeah. Is go go read uh, a, a wonderful website called Schmuplations. Recently translated one of the few direct interviews with Kojima that's purely about Boktai from uh, two thousand two. Oh, wow. And in it, uh, Kojima sort of talks about all of the many different ideas that he's had for games, but he was locked in to just making Metal Gear for all of the 90s. And Boktai was finally this moment he could work on something that was very, very ambitious and explore a lot of these ideas. And it's fascinating to read it uh, in the wake of playing Death Stranding because it illustrates... Uh, a lot of sort of the the creative philosophies that are are truly realized in this game. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to be angry about? Anything else? Have we got it out? Do you guys feel pure? I'm a I'm a little angered out. You're a little angered out. I feel I feel nice and clean. I feel yeah. Yeah. ready to go into 2020 refreshed and <laughs> and talk about. Talk about things that make me happy that don't I, yeah. aggravate me. I, I definitely like I definitely just had a brain enema. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Just like, I, I, before we thank folks for making this show happen, immediate future, let's talk video games. What's coming out in, in the immediate animal future? Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing, Animal uh, Crossing, gonna I, play it. I hate, I hate the world for putting out Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII Remake at the same time. What are you doing? Okay, I Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out March 3rd. Animal Crossing comes out on the 20th. You oh, got time. I'll, I'll be you done. Got time. I'll, I'll yeah. finish it by then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- but that's my choice. Final Fantasy VII. Like, yeah, Final Fantasy ev- VII. Everything that I've seen about it looks like it's going to be one for the ages. Yeah. Like, it does look really good. It looks really good. Uh, those like, any the- doubt that I had that it was going to be, like, like why aren't they doing it? Like, if it was going to be worth doing, it's gone. Like, I, I'm 100% in. They're, they're, uh, those are the two like new things 
that I think are worth sort of talking about for the next few months. But it's January. You're listening to this in January. Two weeks. If you have a Switch, Capcom is putting out something called the Mega Man Zero and ZX Collection. And what? And no, 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 hear me out. Hear me out, Susan, because that's the reaction everybody should have. Mega Man ZX are weird-ass games for the DS that sold about five copies. Nobody's ever played them. They're Metroidvanias. Yeah, they're good. And they have nothing to do with old Mega Man games. You are like college kids who wear weird armor and have to explore cities and fight stuff. They're very good games. Very good games. Just throwing it out there. They're also re-releasing Bayonetta and Banquish in a couple of weeks. That's nice. Dave, who caused this to happen? (laughs) Susan, no reaction. (laughs) Uh, I'll give a special shout out to our Patreon backers, patreon.com slash continue podcast. Here's a special shout out to Ryan Brady, Nick Rugen, Yaddle, Gluttony One of Seven, Ryan Mance, Double Taco, Pete, Adam Condra, Matthew Peters, Michael Coffey, Thierry Belair, Fancy Manatee, Denton Brock, Elio Dare, Stormshot, Frank Sands, Kalen Houston, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Jacob Christos, Chris Cook, Skip Dippity, Tim Chesson, Daniel Squire, and Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And thank you for carrying us into another year. We've been doing this show for over two years now. This it's incarnation like two and a half of the years. show. Yeah. Wow. Which is wild. I, I, I We were uh, doubtful that we could even really get this show off the ground uh, free of any sort of press outlet. We weren't sure if people would want this enough. And the fact that there are people who still want this and that more people want this is astonishing to us. Uh, if you would like to give us a few bucks, the only way that we can play games like Death Stranding and see movies like Rise of Skywalker is because people donate uh, some money through Patreon to the production of the show, and it makes all the difference. If you contribute $5, uh, you get access to all the wonderful backer sections. You get uh, access to our Discord, where people hang out during the day. I'm finally starting to reemerge on the internet and getting in there uh it's been fun talking with some of our our, our listeners about rise of skywalker <laughs> Pigs are all over the place yeah there, there are like two people who like rise of skywalker in the in the continue podcast world it's like me and christian fisher uh, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash continue podcast and uh give us a few bucks if you cannot do that we completely understand we have been there uh many times uh, oh, yeah. in our adult lives. Some of oh, us still ooh, yeah. might be there. <laughs> yeah. So and, uh, <laughs> something something we would really, really, really appreciate is if you would share the show with somebody who's never listened to it. Get it out there. Word of mouth is our best friend. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash. <laughs> you can. You can. Uh, continue <laughs> podcast or continue pod. Uh, and Dave, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me uh, at David Robots on Twitter, and if you hang out in the Discord, uh, I've actually so I started up a really dumb idea of a project. I'm going to try to play uh, every Final Fantasy ever, You're as much progress. as I can. Wow! I made okay. a, I made a spreadsheet and everything. Like it's kind of ridiculous. Um, which means I'm going to be playing. Uh, I also included Vagrant Story because it's technically. Uh, a Final Fantasy game, um, but I have been streaming. 
my gameplay in our Discord channel. Uh, awesome. They, oh, they, they set up a thing like, yeah, it just detects what you're playing on the PC and you hit a button and it streams it directly there. So uh, if you want to come watch me do that, hang out in Discord because that's, that's a- where I've been playing. I'm on Final Fantasy four right now which version of four are you playing? the P- the psp version you did go with the psp version. yeah well because yeah. that one also has the after years the after and years. i really want to play the the save by the bell sequel to final it, fantasy four it's, it's <laughs> not good it's very bad i did say i was going to play every single one yeah so, enjoy enjoy yeah. having to base your battles around moon phases great uh, looking forward yeah to that's it. that's a thing you have to keep an eye on what phase of the moon it is because it changes the way everything works Susan, where can the people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Susan Arndt, where you will uh, see me use insults such as you threadbare handbag of a human. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a good reason. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at a John Agnello, where I occasionally uh, <laughs> just send out a clip of whatever it is I'm subjecting myself to, like star wars rogue squadron 3 rebel strike it's not a good game that's a bad game holy (laughs) shit uh 17 years i waited to play that and it is bad uh you can also check out my features at the ringer.com the avclub.com and i always forget to plug the fact that i'm on another podcast on this show i do have another podcast called video game grooves uh where we talk about video game music on vinyl so you know it's a real Uh, crossover mainstream endeavor. Uh, We'll see you in two weeks, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.